0: We're well, talking about the, those who chose not to come back this week. Uh, my wife and my mother.
1: <laughs>
0: Woo! Rough crowd. Hey, uh, before we jump in, what I want to do is um, just really kind of poll, get get some opinions of some of the data that I gave to you last week. I know I threw a lot at you, and if you're not a numbers person, it probably uh, I think I looked out and there's some drool coming off some of you, uh, but give me a feel for your thoughts on on the economy. Anybody uh, on a scale of one to ten, the economy's a five or better. Anybody want to raise their hand? Five, five or worse? Um, David, I think it depends on what, what, what kind of business you're in? What kind of business you're in? Do you, does anybody agree with that? I, you think so? I mean, obviously the real estate people are getting crushed. Uh, The auto dealers are getting crushed. Um, Certain segments of the financial services industry is getting crushed. Um, Last week was kind of difficult for me because I'm, I'm, for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not really a a notes guy. Two, for those of you who know me, uh, know that uh, I have an opinion. And what I wanted to do last week was give you a lot of data without really giving you my thoughts and my opinions on the economy in hopes that you could take in some of that data, uh, marinate on it, stew on it a little bit, and then we would come back this week and talk about it. Uh, but having said that, let me, uh, let me direct your attention to a passage in Genesis 47, if you want to turn there, uh, which kind of is the reason I'm here for SPF. Um, I think um, several months ago, I, in reading uh, through the Bible, I came across this passage in Genesis 47, and I'm going to start in verse 15. It says, uh, When the money of the people of Egypt and Canaan was gone, all Egypt came to Joseph and said, I'm reading from the NIV, Give us food. Why should we die before your your eyes? Our money is used up. Then bring your livestock, Joseph said. I will sell you food in exchange for your livestock since your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and he gave them food in exchange for their horses, their sheep, their goats, their cattle, and donkeys. And he brought them through that year with food in exchange for all their livestock. When that year was over, they came to him the following year and said, We cannot hide from our Lord the fact that since our money is gone and our livestock belongs to you, there's nothing left for our Lord except our bodies and our land. Why should we perish before your eyes? We and our Lord as well. Buy us and our land in exchange for food, and we with our land will be in bondage to Pharaoh. Give us seed so that we may live and not die and that the land may not become desolate. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh. Well, as I was reading through that, I thought, does anybody have the New King James Version out there? No? You do? Does it, what does it say? When, when the money fails? Yeah, when the money fails. So, I mean, I'm in the financial services industry. Uh, been in it 18 years. Uh got my degree in accounting, so I'm a numbers nerd, as I think I mentioned last week. And I really started just praying over this passage and thinking about, you know, what if money were to fail? Could money fail? And uh, I, it just, it bothered me a little bit. I shot an email to Dr. Young, and I said, you know, Dr. Young, the economy's bad. I think it's going to get worse. And I think we need to engage the body and talk about the economy and talk about money. And so again, I don't know if that is the reason I'm here, but this, I read through this the first of the year and I shot him that email and evidently Dr. Young, he just, he worked slow or just wanted to fit me in on his time, whatever the case may be. But that, that, that passage really troubled me. And, and so I just, I wanted to share with you um, some thoughts. Again, last week, big picture, uh, this week I want to dig in a little more detail and give you some specific uh, principles, if you will, of how to live and prosper, because God wants us to live and prosper, as we, uh, as we'll see later on, um, at, at the end. But let's let's dig in and uh, talk about a few principles here. Uh, We're going to go through some of these passages. I mentioned last week that there's about 2,000 passages in the Bible on money. Uh, We're not going to cover all 2,000, thank goodness. Uh, But heres I'm going to cover all the principles, and then I'll backfill in. The first thing that you need to do is you need to have a written, specific plan of how much you want to save and how you plan to get out of debt. Because how you weather this economic storm depends on those two things. Last week, I talked about it. I referred to it as gas in the tank. And you need to make sure that you have plenty of gas in the tank. Uh, In in our industry, they talk about a V-shaped recovery that a lot of people are expecting this drop and then this rebound. Okay, That's V-shaped. Pretty simple. Some people refer to, uh, maybe call it a W-shaped recovery, where we're going to drop we'll rebound a little, we'll drop again, and then we'll finally recover. Uh, Then there's those of us who think it's gonna be more like an L-shaped recovery. We're gonna drop and we're gonna go sideways for a period of time. Uh, I'm in that camp. Uh, I think the ripple effect, I mean, the the news came out today about the deficit uh, through May. It's over $800 billion, approaching a trillion. Don't wanna bore you with the math, but you have to keep in mind the government does not make money. Uh, the government taxes you and I as how they get money, or they print more money. And so when you think about the repercussions of the deficit, if you and I make, uh, if, 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 uh, make $100,000 a year and I spend $150,000 a year, there's only so long that I can do that. I have to borrow the deficit. Okay? And if I keep doing that, I keep borrowing the deficit. And you say, well, gosh, you're just digging yourself in a deeper hole. Uh, bingo. Uh, several years ago, I was in, engaged by the town of Collierville to evaluate their retirement plan. Uh, they're part of the state's retirement plan. And so what we did is we looked at the uh, town of Collierville's retirement plan and compared it to the city of Germantown and the city of Bartlett because they have their own retirement plan. They're not part of the state's plan. We go through months of uh, data and comparisons, and at the end, we present the data to 400 employees and tell them, hey, this is what we found. Well, somebody in one of the one of the meetings spoke up and said look well if we want to increase our benefits our retirement benefits as an employee of the town of collierville who's going to pay for this and i said well uh, most municipalities collect their revenue from property taxes so you're probably going to see a property tax increase and he said well i'm a homeowner in the town of collierville so you mean I'm going to have to pay more property taxes to get more benefit. It was almost like, you know, that cartoon light went off on the top of his head. He he got it. He understood that the way if he and his fellow employees wanted to get more benefits, they were going to have to pay more property taxes. Same thing, just on a larger scale, okay? So how you weather this, uh, this storm depends on how much money you've saved, and how little debt you have. So those are the two things I really want to talk about is how to develop a game plan to save money and how to work out a debt. It's not rocket science. Uh, what i found after over 18 years in the industry, people fall into three categories. It's the SWs. Some will, some won't, and some wait. And the reality is, is in this group of people, some will take these principles and use them, some won't, and some will kind of wait and fill it out. But that's where we are. Here we go. Uh, let's look at uh, Luke 14:28. Here we go. Go. Yeah, right, Scott. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 1428. We're going to see if we can uncover the principle that's being taught here. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? 1 Corinthians 14.40 We're still in the New Testament. 14.40 But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. When I was at the University of Alabama, uh, Coach Curry used to tell us those who fail to plan, plan to fail. And uh, here's another one for you. All of us have the potential to be uh, economically free. I don't like the word financial independence. I may have shared that with you last week. I think financial independence is exchanging a trust from earned income to investment income, and it's still trusting in something other than God. Uh, But Here's one, uh, potential. Potential to be economically free with no plan is just a dream. Uh, some of you know, I, I coach youth athletics and I tell kids all at the beginning of the season, we've got the potential to be a great team, but if you have no plan, then it's just, it's a pipe dream. So potential with no plan is just a dream. Here's what you need to do. You need to develop, I don't like to call it a budget, so we'll call it a spending plan. For 30 days, you need to record everything that you're spending you and your spouse need to be in partnership with that. Uh, My experience has been, usually there's two personality types, there's a saver and a spender and they're married to each other, okay? So the two of you need to get together, you need to develop a spending plan for 30 days, you need to track everything, every dollar that you're spending, all right? Uh, Any variable expenses like your utility bill, your grocery bill, your fuel bill, You're going to take those, multiply them by 12, and try to average them out for the full year, okay? Next, you need to distinguish between needs, wants, and desires, okay? A need is something that is necessary. A want is new versus used, steaks versus hamburgers, all right? A desire is something that's made out of surplus, So if you have money left over and you have a desire for, I I won't name it, but it's out of surplus. It's not out of plastic. Some of you need to perform plastic surgery. Uh, Plastic is fake, okay? uh, I refer to this phase of life that many people go through as fake it till you make it. Okay, and I I used the phrase last week. You buy things that you can't afford uh, to impress people you don't really like. That's that's really what debt is all about. That's slapping down that plastic. Studies show that you spend more, about 30% more, using a credit card than you do using cash. Why do you think when you go to the casino? And I know none of us go to the casinos, but why do you, when you go to the casino do they exchange your cash for the tokens? It's a whole lot easier to throw a $20 token down than it is to throw $20 down. Okay, some of you need to perform plastic surgery. The biggest budget busters. There's four of them. Your house. You bid off more house. You know, you you, you spent more money on your house than you needed to. It's that's a difficult workout in this economy. You kind of have to grit your teeth and and bear it right now. But uh, it's a huge budget buster. Uh, second one is your car. You know. Uh, Pulling in in uh, that luxury car, I won't name names, but pulling in that luxury car, you sure feel better about yourself than pulling in in you know some non-luxury car. All right, insurance. Uh, not a big fan of some of the insurance products that are out there. I think they're sold more than they're bought, and uh, it can be a huge budget buster. Uh, fourth one, we all fall into this category: entertainment. All right, uh, just going out and doing things that maybe we don't, uh, don't necessarily need to do, all right? So you need to have a written plan that's specific that talks about uh, you, that you want to increase your savings and you want to decrease or eliminate your debt, all right? Next, uh, let's look at uh, Proverbs uh, 21.20, and it's along these same lines. This one uh, the principle's not as clear, but Proverbs twenty one twenty says in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. First <clears throat> Timothy 5.8, Going back to the Old Testament. Come on, I mean we're we're doing Bible bingo here. Yes, yeah, Bible drill. I'm, I'm about to call on somebody in the crowd. <laughs> Eric, you got it? First Timothy, first Timothy right? five, eight. five eight. Come on, help me. Here we go. First Timothy five eight. This one's. Uh, th- this is a passage that a lot of people don't like. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let me read that again. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Not, not, not a real exciting passage to think about in a difficult economy that you could be worse than than an unbeliever. But the principle there is that we, gang, we, Proverbs principle basically says that a wise man sets back and a foolish man squanders and spends all that they have. So you have to save. You have to save. Proverbs uh, 22 7. Come on, Bible bingo. Somebody call it out. All right, I got it. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower, it's easy to say, the borrower is servant to the lender. Free black and white. Uh, I I included that passage last week when we talked about uh, Fred, I'm addicted to credit cards. Uh, Psalms 37, 21. Here we go. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Uh, big debates about uh, debt in the Christian community. Uh, I think it's pretty clear. Um, uh, credit card debt, consumer card debt, um, you, you need to eliminate it Um as soon as possible, as I mentioned last week, God wants us to be free. It's beyond the scope of this uh, talk tonight, but I think it's interesting that when that Christ called the apostles, you know, none of them said, "Hey, wait a second, I got to go pay off some loans." I mean, you know, there's there's many times that they just they dropped what they had and and they're free, they're free, and uh, I, I won't expand on that. But I, I think that uh, many Christ is calling many people. But financial bondage is uh, keeping them from doing what's really deep inside uh, what they, what they want to do. Uh, the approach that I use with clients I refer to as little victories. As I said, I'm a, I'm a athletic background and coach kids. Um, and the idea is this. If I have a kid who can't hit a fastball at 60 feet, I'm not going to keep throwing it at them and yelling at them and say, hit it, keep your eye, move your swing, you know, raise your elbow, all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna start off, we're gonna set the ball on the tee. And I want the kid to get confident hitting the ball off the tee, and then we're gonna do soft toss. Or if I enjoy cooking, I'm not gonna start right out of the gate and cook the six course meal. I'm gonna start off with some brownies and then we'll work our way up. Same idea that, that I use with clients, little victories. The first victory that you need to do is you need to finalize the spending plan. You and your spouse need to come together in agreement and agree that this is what our spending plan is, And you need to make sure that you have $1,000 set aside for emergencies. Okay? $1,000 set aside for emergencies. That's what I refer to as victory number one. Victory number two is you need to have one month of expenses set aside. And you need to eliminate all your credit card debt. All right? How many of you are familiar with uh, Dave Ramsey and the debt snowball? Okay, for those of you who aren't, let me just tell you, it's real simple. You're going to take all your debt and you're going to put it in descending order from the lowest balance that you owe to the highest balance that you owe. You're going to pay your minimum payment on all your debt, but any money that's left over after your spending plan, you're going to pile on to that first smallest balance. So let's say you've got three debts. You owe... uh, thousand dollars to uh visa you owe two thousand dollars to the furniture store and you owe ten thousand dollars on your car so your thousand dollars you're going to pay your minimum payment and all excess is going to go to pay off that thousand dollars when you do that you need to celebrate you and your spouse need to go out and do something nice it's a victory and you need to feel good about it then the next thing you need to do is then go to that next debt that you owe And you need to pile on that, and you need to knock it down. And once you've completed that, you need to go celebrate. Then the last and final debt, the $10,000 car, you need to pile all your excess onto that. I'm willing to bet you that psychologically you will feel so good about yourself and see the progress that you're making that it will snowball. I mean that's that's where the name comes from. I mean it's just it's 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 crazy. I mean, we all know if you listen to Dave Ramsey and I'm not a big listener, but uh, I'm sure some of you are. I mean these people that just call in and I mean they're they're you know, they're gonna name their kids Dave after Dave Ramsey just because of what he's done him And it's and, and gang, as I started this out, it's not it's not rocket science, but like I said, it's the SWs. I mean, some will, some won't, and some will wait. So The debt snowball. Uh, Victory number three, you need to save three months of expenses and try to eliminate all your consumer debt. Victory number four is you need to save for major purchases, expenses, and retirement. I want to pause here just for a minute because... I think I'm one of the few in the industry, and I know Larry Burkett, before he passed away, was this way. He wrote this book, uh, The Coming Economic Earthquake, and it was very prophetic in terms of uh, where we are, but uh, I'm not a real big fan of, and and I worked in this industry, and my family built a company in this industry, in the retirement plan industry, but uh, I really think you ought to consider, if if you're... If you're cash flow positive, in other words, you have more money at the end of the month than you do month, okay? If you're cash flow positive, you have some money left over, I really think you need to consider eliminating all your debt before you set aside anything for retirement. I really do. I mean, yes? That's questionable. And I'll sit down and talk to you about it. But... Someone your age? Yeah, probably. Um, here's why. I mean, Scripture says that the borrower is servant to the lender. You know, if, if you know somebody is in jail and you love them dearly, I mean, aren't you going to do everything you can to get them out? And, and I guess that, that's the way I feel in terms of trying to advise clients. I mean, What we do, we refer to it as a net worth approach. There's so many in the industry, and and it's it's not really a function of them, it's a function of the industry, who are more focused on growing your assets. Your net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. What you own minus what you owe. That's your net worth. Median net worth in the United States is about $60,000. Median net worth, okay, is about $60,000. So if you subtract all, you know, take all your toys and all that you have and subtract all the debt that you owe on it, you balance those two. Your net worth or median net worth is about $60,000. So many in the industry are focused on growing your assets. And I, I, I did that for 15 years. Hey, let me talk to you about your IRA, your 401K, your kid's custodial account and all this kind of stuff. And... Let me come up with a good diversified mix and help you grow your assets, right? There's a whole, I mean, UBS, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Keegan, Raymond James, they're all focused on assets, right? Then over here on the other side of the equation, you've got the liability side, your debt, how much you owe. Well, um, some of you may be bankers. I, I told you I'm not a notes person. I hope I don't offend. And as I said earlier, I have an opinion. Uh, But banks aren't exactly in the business of reducing the amount of your loans. I mean, they're in the business to loan money and make good loans. So you've got these two 400-pound gorillas. One's over here trying to grow your assets, and the other over here is trying to grow your loans, and we wonder why our net worth is only $60,000. Okay? So, yes? Yes? to retirement plan until yeah I mean the, the challenge Lindsay in a in a group this size is giving advice like that and let me just cash flow positive again you you, you have money uh, there, there's not a, there's you've got job security okay because you uh, Unfortunately, many people who don't have uh, savings in the bank who just lost their job may have to tap their 401k. So if you, if you uh, liquidate your 401k, liquidate your IRA to pay off all your debt, then you come in, somebody comes in two days later and gives you a pink slip, now you're in a difficult situation. So um, I think there could be, you know, Mapping out, looking at how old you are, looking at your uh, your income statement in terms of how much money do you have left over at the end of the month, and then looking at your balance sheet of how much do you own and how much debt are you really in and what's it going to cost. You know, I think there can be a strong case made for, you know, not contributing to your retirement plan to hammer away at the debt. Yes. Right, well and along those lines, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because along those lines, if you have variable rate debt, and I don't want to lose you on terminology, but basically what it means is as interest rate fluctuates, the loan rate fluctuates, it's not a fixed rate mortgage or fixed rate car loan. If you have variable rate debt, again, kind of based on what I gave you last week of, I, you know it's no doubt interest rates at some point are going to go up taxes are going to go up um, you, you need uh, I sat down with a guy yesterday I said look he's got an adjustable rate mortgage I said you you need to change it to a fixed rate as soon as you can well the challenge is is his income's not where it was and can he now qualify I mean it, it's it's a nasty snowball in in the wrong direction but uh, good point about uh, some of the loans that you do take out, and then also variable rate, you need to convert it to fixed. You need to knock it out yesterday, okay? All right. Um, there's about uh, three other victories. I'm going to skip them. They mainly have to do with savings and set, doing some goal setting. Uh, just for the sake of time, I'm not, I'm not going to go through uh, all those. Turn with me, we've got to get back into Bible bingo. Uh, turn with me to uh, Exodus uh, 36. I see some of the staff is here. This Exodus 36. <laughs> verses uh, 6 and 7. Alright, Exodus 36, 6 and 7. Then Moses gave an order. And they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because they already had because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. All right, they're building the temple. Moses has made a call and said, "Bring all, bring everything you can to the temple." And then he takes a look at it and he says, hey, don't bring any more. We've got enough. Turn with me to 1 Timothy 6. Got it. Got it. Man, I should have brought some t-shirts. Are are there any mint coffee mugs or anything left over? You do? How are we doing on time? We're getting close on time. we got to hustle. Uh, but First uh, Timothy 6 uh, 6 through 10, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. We're all familiar with this next verse. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many grease. Here's the principle you need to establish a finish line. It's one of the most difficult topics that you can cover with a client. How much is enough? How much is enough? sitting down with somebody and who's about to go by the vacation home, the this, the that, the other, and say, do you really need it? But I, I truly believe the passage in Exodus. Moses said, enough! Enough! That's it. The Bible doesn't talk about lifestyle, um, but... Uh, I do think there is a principle there that says enough. Uh, let's look at uh, Philippians uh, 4. I'm not telling y'all verses because y'all, y'all are quicker than me. Y'all got it. Philippians uh, 4, verses uh, 11 and 12. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. You can't leave off that last verse 13. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Gang, you got to learn to be content. Paul said he learned to be content. Okay? You're not born with it. And certainly the world is not trying to ingrain that in you. Okay? But you have to learn to be content. And you have to establish a finish line. Alright, these next verses we're going to have to cook uh, are all in the Proverbs and Psalms. So Proverbs 11. Got. It. I don't think y'all are really getting it. Y'all are just making me nervous up here. Proverbs eleven verse fourteen. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. Proverbs twelve fifteen. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs nineteen twenty. And twenty one. Got it. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in, in, in the end, you will be wise. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is it is the Lord's purpose that prevails? Let's go back to Proverbs sixteen three. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 16.9 In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Psalms 37.5 Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, And He will do this. Psalms one nineteen one oh five. That's one of those long chapters, isn't it? Good grief! All right, Psalms one nineteen one oh five. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Gang, let me tell you the principle here. You need to seek wise counsel. And you need to submit your plans to the Lord in prayer. You, you, you need to get wise and hopefully godly advice in terms of what you're doing, how you're doing it, and make sure that there is uh, congruence, if you will, in terms of worldview. In philosophy, um, and then you need to submit your plans to the Lord uh, in prayer. Let's go to because uh, I'm, I'm just about out of time, and I've only got 15 more verses, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Okay. From my point of view, it is my
1: opinion that Barack Obama, either by design or by lack of knowledge, is going to do irreparable harm to this economy. Who would have thought a few years ago that General Motors stock would be worth what it is? Who would have thought that the bond
0: yeah it, it, it's a good question and as much as i'd say uh it's not that likely um i'm one of those that you plan for the worst and then hope for the best um and and it's really beyond the scope i think uh, the, obviously uh y- you have to remember that god has not left his throne as i as i closed last week i mean Okay, so that's 75,000 feet. Let's drill it down to, you know, our level. Um, I, I truly believe you can get in a position of what I refer to as economic freedom. I mean, imagine if you, if you don't owe anybody anything, okay? Um, you have not kept up with the Joneses. You live in a house that's paid for. Um, you're not you know, driving fancy cars that get, I mean, I, I think you can insulate yourself. Obviously, uh, if you own property, property taxes could go up. I mean, there's things that uh, it's just kind of the cost of doing business, if you will. Is how do I insulate myself? Do I put it in case put it in our bank? Oh. <laughs> well, and, and this, the, the, there's a saying in our industry, and I, I'll, I'll interpret it, but there's a saying in our industry that uh, bears win, bulls win, pigs lose. And basically what it means is this. There's a way to make money in a rising market. There's a way to make money in a falling market. But if you get greedy, you're going to lose, okay? So there there are investment strategies. I mean, not not everything is is down right now, and I'm not going to get into specifics, but there are things that are making money uh, right now. Uh, it Laughter All right, here we go. Proverbs. (laughs) Proverbs eleven fourteen. Oh no, we did that. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Matthew twenty five forty one. Twenty five. Twenty-five forty-one. Here we go. As much as I love it isn't my yeah. Should I put my money short the U.S. dollar and short the twenty-year treasury? You, you go by UDN and TBT. What, they, what, they, what? they, they, both, they sh, One shorts the U.S. dollar and one shorts the twenty-year treasury, and they were up today. They made money. They've been making money. Oh, I, I said L shape. I think we're down and we're going sideways. I don't think. Uh, I mean, and again, it's it may again drill. Drill comes out. Um, if you look at the flood of dollars, and I put it up there last week, that has been printed. Okay, it boils down to supply and demand. Um, if there's a whole lot of dollars out there, then dollars have to get cheaper. Okay. Um, the the treasury you have to think about there's two markets competing for money the stock market and the bond market would you want to buy a 20 year U S government treasury that's paying four uh, percent right now and lock up your money for 20 years paying you four percent so you know most people would say no now if if rates get up to eight percent or ten percent that might get attractive well for rates to get up Okay, bond prices have to come down. So I'm I'm short the US Treasury because I think bond prices are going to come down. So does that answer your question? No. T- Shorting the Treasuries TBT, I mean Jeff, uh, it means so do I, do I need? We're it. Now like that. Yeah, but but here's the thing. And I don't we don't have faith in like that, other than Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where it needs to be, for one. Um, And and two, you you have to keep in mind, because I know there's some other investment people in here, Uh, it's a market. When when I buy 100 shares of Walmart, there's somebody on the other end of that transaction that says, I'd rather have your cash than these 100 shares of Walmart. I'm saying, I'd rather have the 100 shares of Walmart, you can have my cash. Okay? So it's a market. It's a zero-sum game. All right? So, I'm giving you some of my thoughts and opinions and there's others in here who are equally and more skilled than I am but my personal opinion I think the economy is down, we're going sideways for a long time I would short the dollar, I would short the US Treasury you've got a guy over here Eric Krigler who's uh, a professional money manager uh, who, who this is what he manages money for a living talk talk to Eric you know I'd love to sit down and talk with you and tell you more about um, I refer to our, what we do as the five stones portfolio. I mean, why did David go to Goliath with five stones? So um, we look at the stock market. We look at the international market. We look at commodities, currencies, and uh, metals, gold and silver, okay? And there, there are ways to make money in the gyrations of the market, okay? Uh, but, you know, two stock tips, uh, UDN and TBT. Alright, uh, I'm going to jump way forward and read these last verses and then we'll jump and get out of here. Um, but the principle that I was trying to convey in Matthew 25 is the ultimate victory is generosity. The Matthew 25 um, is the passage where it says, you know, if, if uh, you were hungry and didn't feed me and uh, I was naked and you didn't clothe me, uh, if you didn't do that to the least of these, you didn't do it for me. Okay? You want to go have an encounter with Christ? Go find the least of these. all right, And practice generosity. Um, I think one of the most comforting and powerful verses uh, in all the Bibles, First Chronicles 29, 11 and 12. I've got it. Listen to this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty, and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. I don't care how irreparable harm that uh, or damage that uh, Barack Obama does. Um, As I said last week, God has not left His throne. Are we going to have to deal with some of our poor, bad decisions? And has there been, uh, could there be an argument made for social injustice if, if here you are, you've lived by these principles, and unfortunately. Uh, you are feeling the economic impact of others' bad behavior. Uh, it's unfortunate. It, there's there's no other way to say it, but uh, it is injustice. Um, and uh, but I do believe that you can insulate yourself economically, and uh, there are ways to, to actually make money in a, in a difficult uh, difficult economy. All right, I. Uh, I titled this Live and Prosper and it comes from these two verses. uh, Deuteronomy 5. And I promise you, this is it. Deuteronomy 5. Verses 32 and 33. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right Or to the left. Walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. God wants us to live and prosper. But they're conditional. We need to walk in the ways that He's commanded. And so what I've tried to do tonight is walk you through some of the biblical principles. No, it doesn't say specifically save $1,000. But there are principles there. And how well you you weather this storm will be, how quickly you can set aside some savings or increase your savings and then hammer and knock away uh, the debt that you have. Okay? Um, I've got some... uh, charts and guidelines as far as uh, what a family of four, what their budget should be, and stuff like that. If you want to come up afterwards and give me your email, I'll shoot you an email uh, and give them to you. I'm one of the ones going on the Guatemala trip Saturday, so I'll be out of town all week. Uh, But I've enjoyed my time with SPF. I know I'm over, so let's uh, close. Let's pray. I'll stick around, try to answer any questions. and then. uh, But thank you for allowing me to be here. Hopefully it's helped. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank You for the Word, Your Word. We thank You for the truth that it contains. And we just uh, try to take in and grasp the fact that You are sovereign and You are in control and that You have not left Your throne. Yes, um, there have been some bad decisions made personally and as a nation and that uh, Your Word tells us that You discipline those that You love and You do it because You love us. Thank you for the love that you have for us and the gift of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.